BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. You guys, I'm so excited. We have Marianne returning, my co-host. Love her. She's I'm so happy to be here. She is obsessed with our next guest. I am obsessed. You guys, today, Marianne and I are going to give you guys a little bit of a treat. Our theme today is plastic surgery matchmaking with Melinda Farina, the beauty broker meet the plastic surgery matchmaker. So we're always like wondering, like, who do you think goes where? Like, well, who did her neck? Who did her face? What procedure? Mm -hmm. Like, who does the best Botox? Who does the best fillers? Who does the best of the best? So we found... Oh, I'm so excited. The expert. We found the expert. Mm -hmm. We really did. There are a lot of doctors out there. Melinda founded Integrated Aesthetics Consulting in 2004, and she helps patients consult, find the right doctor, give them the education on what they're going to do, advocate them. She really is the plastic surgery makeover. She's been seen on CBS, ABC, NBC. We are so excited, and I cannot wait to meet her. I'm, I've always wanted, like, a matchmaker of plastic surgery, even though I haven't ever done anything. Well, it's so funny because we go deep dive. Like, we dive pretty deep when we see somebody, and we're always like, who did that? We have sort of consultants with everything else in our life. Like, why in the world wouldn't you want to have a consultant if you're going to go under the knife? Like, and I so, would think that would be the most important thing to consult I know, about. and that's why we wanted to bring this episode to you guys. We were in Cabo last year, and we would go down doctor's websites. Yeah, we did boobs. Hole. Instagram. We did necks. We did the whole thing. We did lipo. We literally were like, and it's deceiving. Yeah. Like, who does what mm -hmm. well? And so that's, we just want to know. We just we just want to know for because one day, because one day it's going to happen. Melinda Farina, welcome. Thank you for having me, ladies. And Mary Alice, I think we spoke before. We briefly. did. I, I've been obsessed media. with you for a really long time. So again, oh, I, I don't know if you if you know this, but I was the West Coast editor for Allure magazine, and there used to be an editor, Joan Crone, who knew all the plastic surgeons. And then yes. when someone in my life wanted a, a facelift, I'm not going to say it who it is, but <laughs> someone that I love very much 20 years ago wanted a facelift. I you know went to Joan and said, who's the best? And she sent me to a great person. But there really wasn't anybody since Joan until I, Molly and I found you. She said we were deep diving and your Instagram because it, you're the patient advocate. You're the person that the patients turn to when they say, hey, 
I want, it can be everything from, you know, your teeth to your arms, to your face, to your neck. And you are the expert. You know all the doctors. You know the right ones. You And I think that that's just invaluable. It is scary to do something. And you want to find the right doctor. And we think that, you know, with the internet, I mean, there's some crazies out there. We love you. We're going to deep dive into what you do, how mm-hmm. you do it. You help patients find the right plastic surgeons, the right dermatologists, and other physicians. Can you share how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so it's been 29 years I've been working in the industry, and I'm 43 years old, so I started when I was very, very young. (laughs) You started when Uh, you were four. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. Friends of the family were cosmetic dentists, and my mother's like, well, you know what? You got to get to work. It's now or never, and I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'll go file some charts somewhere, so started working for a family friend who was one of the top cosmetic dentists in the United States, and From there forward, I just kind of learned my way around a cosmetic dental practice. This is when I was super young. So I was just really curious, asking all the right questions, working with all the right people. From that point, you know, went into dental school, decided I hated dentistry and I really found a passion for aesthetic surgery. And I really found a passion for consulting and talking and talking to people and helping people. So I decided to drop my major at NYU, switch over to Columbia, go into industrial and organizational psychology, because when you are a consultant, there has, there's, there's a psychological aspect to it. And you have to know how to talk to people, you know, how have to know how to relate to people. So that was really important. And I found it really intriguing, just the whole entire concept of psychology. From Columbia, I started my consultancy when I was 21 years old. I started while I was still finishing my master's degree. And I was working as a dental hygienist at the time and just working with patients who every single day, you know, you're up close and personal working on a person's teeth. And you're like, what happened with this nose or what happened with this face? And you start getting, you know, it's like the best time to have a conversation when you're in someone's mouth because <laughs> they won't stop talking to you. It's the funniest thing. We would always get into conversations about surgeons and plastic surgery. And I was just like, gosh, there's just so much bad surgery out there. And I loved helping people. And I started this consultancy really wanting to help doctors set up their practices. And it ended up going the other way where I started just helping people find good surgeons. And at that point, I worked with such a great cosmetic dentist and he was friends with all the big names like Dan Baker, Sherelle Aston, David Hidalgo. Mm -hmm. So every single day I would watch these dentists hand out business cards. And I'm like, wow, you know, like if only there was just somebody who like had the Rolodex of every single surgeon in the world who was the best at like that one specific thing, like who's the breast guy, who's the face guy. And I developed this, this business plan. And at first I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, who does when you they fake it till it? you make it exactly fake it till you make it, but I actually knew something. And so I, I turned to Larry Rosenthal, who was, who I was working with at the time. And I was just like, I just, I want to start going into ORs of the plastic surgeons and watching these surgeries. No, and you did so not. Young. Yes. Yes. And I was so young and I was so curious. So you know, they thought it was the cutest thing. I'm like, yes, like, let's bring her into the OR. Let's have, like, we'll teach her, you know, she wants to go and watch some surgery. So I started watching surgeries on a daily basis. Like I would maybe start my morning with watching one type of a surgery with one specific doctor. I would go in with a list of a hundred questions and just go, you know, put them through the ringer. 
And then I would go and do my dental hygiene job after I was done. And then I would like go and sit and talk to a plastic surgeon at the end of my day. And really they would sit there and pull out all the textbooks. And I had very specific mentors who would really want to like teach me and hammer all of the facts into my head about how to be a good consultant or, you know, what it takes to be a good surgeon and do no harm. And this is why, you know, everything needs to be like board certification this way. And, you know, the anesthesiologist has to be a board certified anesthesiologist. And this is, you know, he would walk me soup to nuts through all of the procedures. And then I would have more questions and the next OR I would go into. So, you know, kind of organically turned into this position of being an expert consultant in plastic surgery. And now I have been in thousands and thousands of ORs across the world. We work with thousands of surgeons across the world in every country, and it's really turned into something magnificent. I'm super proud of it. I told you guys a little bit about the Chroma Reset last week by the wonderful Lisa Odenweller, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. I want to get a little bit more specific with you because I really only was able to scrape the surface and give you more of the holistic understanding of actually what Chroma is. Chroma is really an anti-cleanse, which I love because that word can be so triggering for many, including me. It's the perfect thing when you feel like you need a reset. And I promise you, you won't feel hungry or food deprived. They even give you more than you'll likely ever eat. I always have leftovers, which is never a bad thing in my book. It's completely customizable. If you need to add extra protein to your lunch, great. If you need to add more veggies to your broth, go for it. I love that they let you lean into that. And I think that's the true indicator of a good cleanse. Beyond healthy, whole, and nourishing ingredients. And I have to say, you guys, everything tastes amazing. And it's so easy. The word reset might scare people. The word cleanse might scare people. But I'm telling you, it's easy. You can do this. And it tastes great. I always end up incorporating different parts into my daily life. I love the beauty matcha. I'm obsessed with the super porridge. I also, 24 karat bone broth is amazing. And if you guys haven't heard me talk about the oh my God cookie butter, so it just became one year old. It's OMG cookie butter. My kids are obsessed with it. My husband is obsessed with it. I literally take a scoop from the jar. If you haven't tried it, I'm telling you, it's actually addicting. The thing I love most about Chroma is how they really set you up for long-term success. And that, you guys, is what it's all about. I always feel and look good after the five days. And if I only do the three days, the three days sometimes gets me to the five days, which will get me to the 10 days, which is really where the long-term benefits really start to show. And you really actually feel motivated to keep up the good work. Within that short window, I feel noticeably less inflamed and less bloated. It really helps get me on track. And I have to say, when you have that reset, when you commit and you go for it, you really feel great about yourself. I'm so excited for Lipstick on the Rim listeners only. And for a limited time, use Chroma Love 20. That's K-R-O-M-A-L-O-V-E 20 at checkout for 20% off your first Chroma five-day reset purchase. They never offer this big of a discount on their reset. So definitely please take advantage of this special deal. Offer ends November 1st, 2022. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. 
We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And I, I really think you truly are an advocate because again, whether it be like the dermatologist, like my friend just ended up having a basal cell. So she needed a Mo's doctor and she was like, okay, can you get me recommendations? I ended up calling two people. Then like for some, you know, for someone to have a you in their life, a company that you've done all the litmus tests, you've done all the work and that can really, you know, because there is a psychology around whether you're getting your teeth fixed, your face, mm -hmm. your arm, you've broken something like to put your trust in a doctor is really huge. And I think, you know, more than anything, and I want to get into that a little bit more, just when plastic surgeons, they Photoshop their work. But right, right. Yes, there's a lot of requests for, you know, specific celebrity features. But, you know, what I always say is like, I Photoshop that person's nose on that person's face and then I zoom out and they see what they look like and they're like, oh yeah, no, 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 I don't want that at all. You know, it looks weird on my face, but we, you know, for plastic surgery, we try to give everyone, you know, the features that are right for, for them. Or we try to pair you with a surgeon who is right for your case specifications. And everyone has unique features in genetics and, you know, in certain lifestyle that they, that they practice and whether it's, you know, a busy businesswoman in New York City that has like zero downtime and is like, Melinda, I want to look as natural as possible. I can't look like I've been touched at all. Or if it's your Hollywood actress who's like, I need to look like my 20 year old self again, because this is really affecting my career. So we really take a look at the case specifications and what it calls for. I mean, as far as getting in for a consultation, we have a great staff here. And literally Gianna is constantly on emails all day long. She walks into about four or 500 emails and she gets to everybody. But my schedule is bananas and I've hired new consultants as well that I've personally trained and I oversee every single referral. But yeah, you come in, we do a consultation, you get on my schedule, we speak for about 45 minutes to an hour and we talk about your wish list. What's happened over time, we take a look at the photos, we look at your 15 year old self and then we look in five year increments and how your face has changed. What has changed over time? How has it changed? Why has it changed? So, you know, what have you been doing up until this point? What non-invasive procedures have you been doing? Everyone's so quick to go to a syringe or a device thinking that it's like the holy grail when it's Can really not. Can we talk about that? Because Mary Alice and I feel the same mm -hmm. way. Everyone is all about plumping, 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 plumping. Again, really important. Yeah, that that's it's a great point. And I'm really glad you asked me that. There's a really brilliant surgeon in New York City. His name is Stephen Levine. And I always sit and I listen. I to love him, him. We're actually having him on the show. He's amazing. I love oh, him. Oh, yeah. Steve's smart. And, you know, he's a great talker. It's, he's so cute. Really he's so yeah. cute, too. My sister and I went for a consultation with him and we spent like two hours. <laughs> and all we could do was say, like, we're obsessed with you. <laughs> we are in love with you. He's yes, I love Steve. He's a very close friend of mine too. And he's a phenomenal plastic surgeon. He fixes a lot of these botch cases that we're seeing a lot of these days from these Instagram famous doctors. We'll talk about that. But to your point about plumping, 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 there's three things that happen as the face ages. You know, there's gravity that takes place and things fall down. There's laxity in the skin, which, you know, we lose collagen and elasticity and that's an issue and you know, the skin gets crepier, it gets more elastic. And then we lose some fat and we lose a little bit of bone. And 
the one thing out of those three that are probably the most the least important to address first is the volume never want to address volume first without addressing gravity and laxity so it's super duper important to address the gravity address the elasticity so you know lift up tighten and then we take a look at what's left and do we need to add any more volume and how much volume how much volume do we add and the one thing that's most overcorrected in the industry is the volume we see everyone going for filler oh i need to go for my filler my filler's wearing off filler 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 and people are distorting the aesthetic of their face so if this is falling down and you fill here because you think this is looking hollow so she's pointing to like her her cheek and then just above her cheek yeah, the eye yeah, the usually what happens is, you know the volume as we get older goes to the lower face so when we lift that back up we're relifting and redraping that volume back to where it used to live and then a little bit of volume needs to be replaced so maybe we do a little sprinkling of like micro fat or something like that but What's most often corrected and overcorrected, which should not be, is the volume. And this is a big, 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 huge problem in our industry. And we see all these people coming in with filler face, these puffy, overfilled faces, and they just look bad. They don't look like themselves. And the chief complaint that we hear day in and day out from my clients is, I just don't look like myself. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the history, and for sure, there's years and years and years and years a of filler. filler. And, you know, filler lasts in the face for like sometimes upwards 15 years. So oh, what people really? are doing is like, yes, every six months they're stacking, 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 stacking. And that stuff is just spreading out. It's like, well, it's like now, you know, so I mean, listen, Mary Alice and I, and again, we're not judging anybody who I mean, wants yes, to look exactly. like anything they want, but, you know, we prefer to look like ourselves and try to get, be as natural and Gorgeous as Gorgeous we are. Gorgeous as possible, <laughs> but still maintaining, you know, natural. But more and more we see like the chipmunk, like the the filler is so tight and so plumped. I'm like, what are you doing? It looks bad. I don't know, you know, to what point people kind of, you know, have this body dysmorphic reaction to how they look or their aesthetic, but you know, the name of the game in beautiful aesthetic surgery is, you know, just rewinding the clock back to what used to be not recreating something that never existed. And for sure, there are those patients who want to look different. We do get those people who come in and say, I never liked how I looked. I don't right. want to look the same. You know, and you I, know I what? That's like okay, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because different... deep insecurity totally about what if they want to change something? That that's okay. I think it's so interesting. Like recently I just put this dress on and my booty looked a little plump. And I was like, wow, I look at my plump little booty. But 10 years ago, I would have been like, my booty needs to go flat. So I feel like the Kardashian, you know, the you know, I don't want that. That's not for me, but that isn't a new aesthetic. That is, and my little 13 and 15-year-old boys are, you know, when they show me the girls that they like, they have a little booty. I mean, sometimes they have a bigger booty and I'm like, wow, it's just, it's how it changes, you know, kind of back to that Marilyn Monroe, you know, moment. And, and I love that beauty just isn't like stick. I do thin, too. Like, I do too. Oh, and, and sometimes it is like for me, maybe is, I yeah. want you to suck everything out so that <laughs> me too. But, but I don't know, you must see that too in your practice where people come in and it depends on where they're from. You know, there's a New York face and then there's an LA face. You know, there's Correct. a different sort Correct. of- You do have to, you know, kind of do a, a forecasting of like the trends, you know, demographically speaking, where is this person located and what are they looking for? But my philosophy on that is, you know, don't follow a trend for the sake of, you know, 
making your body a certain way. A trend is a trend and trends change over time. So do what's right and proportionate you. to give yourself a shapely figure, but not go overboard. Because as we see with all this, you know, quote unquote, Kardashian trend, even Kim has gotten, you know, a lot smaller. Yes. And, yeah. You know, yes. changes I mean, she never like needed that. anything. She's so absolutely beautiful. You've been quoted yeah. as saying, I think fame is good for celebrities, but it shouldn't apply to medical professionals or plastic surgeons. We should stop glorifying it. Can you speak to that for a second? Correct. Yes, I absolutely can. I will stand behind that statement for the rest of my career. And, you know, I truly, truly believe in it. Think about it. You have a celebrity and you walk out of the door and paparazzi are knocking down your door. You don't want that happening to your plastic surgeon. The more famous a plastic surgeon becomes, the more volume. And then all of a sudden you see a plummet in the quality of their work. They're mm. just trying to keep up with the Joneses. You do not want to go to that surgeon who's doing five facelifts you know, over the course of one day, a really good surgeon, someone like Dr. Levine does one. And he's like, I don't care if I need to book out five years in advance, you know, I'm going to do that one and I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my 100% because like another one of my surgeons who has been a mentor to me, Dr. David Hidalgo says, it is a one-time event for the surgeon, but it is a lifetime event for the patient. So you don't want that doctor going in operating on you when he's got five other people lined up and he's just rushing, you know, to get through the surgery. This is going to be for the rest of your life. Once you go in with the scalpel, you're creating scar tissue, you're changing the face, you're, you're changing things. And you want that doctor to be putting all of his time, energy, and attention to your one case. You don't want him having to worry about a million other people being on a schedule for that day. I mean, I know surgeons who do the five facelifts a day, they're seeing 40 consultations and you're just a number. You're not an actual patient at that point. And they just stop caring. They stop caring. You can't see them in the follow-up. God forbid there's a complication. You'll never see that surgeon again. You'll see his fellow, but you're not going to see the surgeon. They completely dismiss any of your concerns. When you go in to complain about something that doesn't look right, you're completely gaslit in the office as if you're crazy. And I see it happen all the time. And it happens most often with these Instagram famous or social media famous doctors. Like when I hear the names, I shut down the patient. I say, I don't want to hear the name. I don't want to hear it. We've got 200 people that have been completely botched by this guy. No. So, yeah. and I know, see, I, I love the honesty. I yeah. love that you can, you can come in as a consultant with an open mind and say, listen, just because you've seen it in us weekly and people and all the, the, the editorial, it doesn't mean that that's the right surgeon for you. And you would probably, again, be, a number. A number. And well, I mean, the other crazy thing that's happening, and I've seen you talk about it, and I've seen that it's been in the press lately, is these hundred, $150,000 facelifts. Right. And well, you know, exactly. The 500000 There's a one yeah. who's $500,000. Wait, are you kidding me? In LA. Yes. But I know. You work for a lore. I have an issue with a lot of the journalists right now glorifying and giving these bad guys the spotlight because, you know, the more you put them in front of people's faces, the more people are going to go and get hurt. And I have a real problem with that as a patient safety advocate. I don't think that journalists should really be putting doctors in articles, especially if you haven't seen the other side of it, where people are becoming botched, paralyzed in the face damage. Some people have even died on the table. And right now there's reputation management consultancies that completely clean the slate for these guys. So you will never find a bad review about them on the internet because a doctor pays $20,000 a month for reputation management. Boom. 
they're great again, you know, and See, the this is why your job right. is so exactly. important and, and, and to be able to know these things, because it, like you said, you would never, you would never ever know. I want to take a trip down memory lane for a second, and I think we're going to have some fun with this. Today, we're going to talk about the iconic denim moments. Now, I feel like every generation has their own moment. Do you guys have your favorites? For me in the 90s, I always go back to that Cindy Crawford photo of her in those amazingly classic indigo blue jeans with that thick belt and black leather blazer, her hair natural and curly. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, how insane did she look? If you don't, I advise you Google the image ASAP. You're probably wondering where I'm going with this, but Macy's has an incredible denim curation that will really help you hone in on that perfect style just for you, no matter what you're looking for. They have such a wide range, and if you're looking to go classic with straight leg, retro with a little flare, and maybe a little arty with patchwork detailing, there are so many options. For all the denim inspo you need right now, visit Macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. You're going to have such a blast scrolling through their picks. Now, if you need some help finding your footing, or maybe you're a veteran who needs a pointer or two, pair up with a Macy's personal stylist. They'll be able to help you pull really chic looks together, either in store or from the comfort of your own home. I love this service so much. I use them both online and in person. It's always so seamless and so helpful. Best of all, it's completely free. Seriously, there's no catch. Macy's is just here to help because they want you to be your most stylish self. They really are the best. To get started, head on over to macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. That's macy's, M-A-C-Y-S dot com slash personal stylist. You know what I'm really over? I'm really over being bloated. I've tried a handful of different de-bloat supplements over the years, and I find most of them don't really work. That's why I'm really excited to talk to you about Array. A-R-R-A-E, Array. Such an incredible brand. First of all, the company was founded on the principle to help women feel their best. Formulated by naturopathic doctors, they created 100% natural supplements with real results. Their product line is comprised of two products, Bloat and Calm Alchemy Capsules to help solve everyday problems that women deal with. Okay, I want to go through this list because it's actually really quite impressive. They're laxative-free, non-habit-forming, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, filler-free, nut-free, cruelty-free, and designed to be taken as needed, which is the best part of all. I have a raised capsules on me at all times because you really just never know when you're going to need it. Their bloat capsules are a five herb and one fruit-based digestive enzyme that targets bloats so you feel relief quickly. I usually take these right after I eat a meal, typically at dinner, and I find myself feeling better really fast. I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Healthy foods can actually be really bloating because your body really has a hard time breaking it all down, especially raw vegetables. Made only with six ingredients, and yes, I can pronounce all of them, which you know is always a good sign. Bromelain for speedy food breakdown. Ginger root for digestion stimulation. Lemon balm and peppermint for gas prevention. Dandelion root for liver health. Slippery elm for digestive organ protection. And guess what? Nothing else. Go to array.com, that's A-R-R-A-E.com, and use code LIPSTICK at checkout for 15% off one-time purchases or 25% off first month on subscription. For those interested in plastic surgery, 
that cannot come to you, what are some of the things that they should look for in their doctor? And also, before you answer that, have you ever told a client, I really don't think you need something? Uh, every day. I mean, Gianna sits there and she laughs at me because usually people come to me. It's a lot of like, by the way, 20 year olds thinking they need facelifts. I mean, I, I, I can't. You guys know, I listen. You're not there yet. Beauty is wasted on youth. Let me tell you, they don't appreciate what they have. A lot of these young girls and, you know, there's such young impressionable girls who are looking at the filters. They're looking at social media. They're seeing these models who are completely photoshopped and you know how it is, Molly. I mean, you've been a model. You understand what they do to photos. You understand and editorial. Well, this is why we want to have people like you on the show yeah, because to and educate. to talk openly about mm -hmm. plastic surgery and the filters and the photoshopping because it's not real. What are the things that you think everyone should look for? Should look for. I mean, definitely don't go for the Instagram famous doctor. There's a few of them that I'm like, okay, I give them the pass. They're good, but. You look at their schedule. How many clients are they doing in a day? You know, can how you ask that? Can you ask your nurse, the nurse, the practitioner? Absolutely. Absolutely. You could ask them. You have every right to know how many patients they're seeing or how many patients they're operating on that day. Ask about their, their surgical team. Is it a board certified anesthesiologist or are they just working with a nurse anesthetist? A lot of people try to save money by working with the nurse anesthetist. You want a board certified anesthesiologist. You want to ask them for photos that look like your own case. So you never want to look at a case that doesn't look anything like your case specifications. A lot of people do that. You just look at the end result. In fact, it's the pre-op photo that's more important than the post-op photo. Mm -hmm. Always want to look to make sure that like, can I identify with this pre-op, do I look like this person? Do they have the same problems? Do they have the same skin type as me? Do they have the same breasts? Do they have the same body? And then you want to look at the results. And if a doctor can't show you at least 20 cases that pertain to your own case, that's not the doctor for you. You definitely want to go to somebody who's dealt with a case exactly like yours and the outcome was amazing or up to your standards aesthetically. Do you tell your patients and your clients to this is the nose guy, this is the lipo guy, this is the face guy, or do you tend to, like how, how do you pair what a patient is asking for with a surgeon? And I, really quickly to add to that, what's great about your Instagram is that you have surgeons from all over, like you're saying from the South, because LA and New York, everybody's like, oh, well, there's the, you know, there's probably an amazing person in Atlanta that's a great boob, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be great to answer mm -hmm. about that too. Right, right. So there's two parts to that, right? We try to work with surgeons all over the world and every state and across the United States. And also we try to match budgets. Budgets are really important. There's people who are like, Melinda, my top number is 20,000. And I know that seems low. And I'm like, great. We have, you know, several surgeons that do facelifting surgery at like $12,000. So, you know, I could get you to that surgeon, but let's look at the one who really specializes in your case specifications and see if we could find the perfect match for you. So you always have to know like what that doctor is good at. There's some surgeons who are better with thin, crepey skin patients. There's some who are better with men and thick skin. There's some who tout like, oh, deep lane is the best. Like there is no one size fits all. Like, yes, you're a face doctor, but like, Right. Specifically, what type of face doctor? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like, what are your best cases? Where are your best outcomes? And, uh, and every doctor will be like, well, a good doctor could do anything. And I, don't, I just don't buy that. I've seen it. I don't buy it. You know, I really do think they each have their niche and they each have their specialty. I mean, you could send 
a face to one surgeon, you know, and send them a hundred cases and guarantee you, like if he's a surgeon who works better with thin skin patients, those thin skin patients are all going to look fabulous. And the thick skin patients are always going to have these heavy necks. Then you have doctors who really talk about like deep neck lifts and going into like subsizing the submandibular glands and going in and doing dissections deep in the neck to get this nice and flush if they have, you know, specific anatomy down here. And then you have, you know, your men with like the deep folds and the deep jowls and you have your woman who wears secondary facelifts, lots of scar tissue in the face. Does the doctor know how to really manage scar tissue? So it gets like really, you know, in depth and a lot, there's a lot of detail and you have to then envision because I've been in the ORs, I've seen them work on these cases. I know how they handle and manage these issues. If there is a problem, conflict resolution within the case itself, how are they resolving this problem? You know, you don't want a doctor going in and running into all like an obstacle course underneath the skin. Like Mm -hmm. how are they managing these issues? And And then look at the outcomes. And what is, you just mentioned this, what is the difference between a deep plane facelift? Because that's the big word right now, a deep plane facelift or a ponytail lift. Those are the two that you're kind of hearing all the time. I don't know this. I don't know anything about a facelift. Tell me everything. Yes. Crazy. Well, ponytail lift is an endoscopic facelift. So basically they're taking a camera, making a little incision up here and going into your face. So she's saying like well, right above your hairline, like where if you had bangs right above there, she's pointing. Right okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how usually an endoscopic facelift would be performed an endoscopic brow lift. I'm sorry. So they go in with the little endoscope and they're lifting and doing all the work without making cuts or incisions. And that is called the ponytail what? Ponytail lift. That's a ponytail lift. And now Dr. K.O. has developed the ponytail lift. It's his trademark. I know other doctors are saying they do ponytail lift. Like it is very specific to his practice, right? You know, Dr. K.O. and he's a dear friend of mine. And like, we will disagree on certain things. Like he thinks that that, that everyone should have an endoscopic facelift. If you cut around the ear, it creates too much vascularity. But there's a lot of people that need to cut skin off. So He's like, well, if they need it, then I'll go in and I'll, I'll, I'll remove some skin in there. You know, so we all have that argument. I, I argue with doctors all the time. Good. And what about a deep plane? What's that? Deep plane is just going into like, so you could do a SMAS dissection. It gets really, you know, complicated. <laughs> I love this doctor so stuff. Talking to people. Keep going. You know what that means, right? So there's some people who have very loose skin and then they need a SMAS plication where you're also addressing the skin and moving things in different vectors. Or you just go right underneath into the deep, deep planes and you move everything up in one direction because some doctors say, well, everything falls you know, down in one unit in one direction. I don't buy that too, because I've seen deep planes done on some people who have a lot of skin laxity. And then we go in, we do a SMAS plication on a secondary facelift and we get another like 30 millimeters of skin off and people are feeling saggy and they don't feel like the facelift was done well. So, you know, to fix the deep plane, you have to do the SMAS. And, you know, sometimes to fix just the SMAS, you have to do a deep plane. So I don't believe it's a one size fits all. So also that's another red flag. If there's one doctor saying, this is the only technique I use. And the patient doesn't know if they're a good candidate for that. But the doctor's saying everyone gets this. Like it's a one size fits all. We all know a one size fits all article of clothing looks different. On exactly. All. We're so, going to go to non-surgical in a second. But in terms of surgical, what are some of the trends that you are seeing? Let's start with the body. A lot of women are, you know, back when I was modeling, it was all about the light, you know, liposuction. And now then cool, cool sculpting, non-invasive, 
non-effective. I know. And it's that's true. Like, it's wasting your matter, money. You know, and by the way, good doctors out there who care about good results would be like, go Melinda, you know, for saying that bad ones who just want to like, look at you as a dollar sign and just want to take your money. will be like, Oh, hold on. She's going to ruin my whole entire shtick over here. You know, again, I want my clients to get good results. Like I tell them all the time, like the Vidal Sassoon slogan, if you don't look good, we don't look good. So I want my clients to look good no matter where I send you. So if I thought that the best solution was like a non-invasive device, I'd be like sending everyone for it. Every single day, I tell people like, no, non-invasive, non-effective. Like this is not going to do anything. It's good for now, but not for good. And we want you to look good for good. We want you to look good for a long time and sustain these results. So it's super, super important that people understand the non-invasive industry is popular and it's around because these companies, these multi-billion dollar conglomerate companies saw that people were, you know, afraid to go under the knife. And they're like, we are just leaving money on the table right now, everybody. Like we need to come up with a device that tells people this is going to lift and tighten your skin. Or, you know, we're going to build a filler company like Allergan. It has all these fillers now. These fillers are going to lift you. You know, this is what all of this stuff is going to do because everyone wants the lift. Gravity takes place as we get older. Right. So all of these things now promise to shrink, lift, get rid of cellulite, do this, that, and the other thing. And it just doesn't. You know, and the one complaint I hear all the time from people is I've wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars on these non-invasive procedures. And look, look at me. It doesn't even look like I've done anything. Like, well, that's what kills me. It's like, you you know, because mm-hmm. but when you say cut or do like or a, go under or go under, but then you're spending thousands, thousands of dollars that honestly really aren't making a difference. You guys, I love this subscription service, Newly. They've made my summer so much easier, so much more fashion-filled, and not to mention economical for my bank account and the environment. Two perks I will never take for granted. Neither will my husband. Let me tell you how Newly really works. It's a subscription clothing rental service for just $88 a month. Yep, you heard that right. Whatever you have going on. You can get your choice of any six styles each month and can choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. With access up to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands that will never be shortage of party dresses, premium denim, one-of-a-kind vintage, and so much more. They stock a range of sizes from petite to plus size, so that will never be a stressor either. Newly offers fast and free shipping, returns, and professional dry cleaning, so you don't have to worry about doing that on your own. You'll have the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 70% off. They've truly transformed my summer wardrobe, and I have them to thank for getting me ready for everything this summer, from dinner parties to barbecues to beach bonfires, really, truly everything. I love that they practice sustainability. Newly lets you love fashion in a way that's kinder to the planet. By the way, there are no late fees, damage fees. I know sometimes that can be something you have in the back of your head when you're borrowing a piece of clothing, but erase that from your thought process. Aren't they really just the best? Oh, and for all the moms-to-be, they carry maternity options, which make those nine months so much easier than having to buy all new clothes. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get 10% off your first month of Newly when you sign up with code LIPSTICK10. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LIPSTICK10 and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's newly.com, N-U-U-L-Y.com. 
Newly with two U's with code LIPSTICK10. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So in terms surgically about the body, what do you see people are tending to like gravitate towards? Gravitate towards. So they want to gravitate more towards the non-invasive. So that's always the first question. What could I do before going under the knife? And I'm like, well, there's really not much. Let things fall some more so we could get a really good lift. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about my boobs. They're they're, they're going down, but they're not down far enough. As soon as they get to the floor, they're going up. Trending right now, which I'm super happy about, is the less is more ideology. So, you know, the past decade, we were dealing with bigger is better, bigger breasts, bigger fillers, bigger lips, bigger cheeks, higher brows, bigger booties, you know, and and taking fat and putting it somewhere because we can't just throw it out. So that was an awful trend, you know, because millimeters on the face or a body make a tremendous difference. And people are like, going like they're going big or they're going home. Now we're seeing the flip side of that. After this pandemic, people are explanting, taking their implants out, going much, much, much smaller with the breast, really streamlining the bodies. The, the booties are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. People definitely want to do more liposculpture because I think over the pandemic, a lot of people gained weight. This was a big issue. So will you talk about like, like you call it liposculpture? Liposuction, liposculpture, sculpting the body with with some type of a liposuction technique. And tell us about that. A lot of people are interested in cool sculpting. I don't love cool sculpting. There is an issue with cool sculpting, as you just may have heard about Linda Evangelista Mm -hmm. with her situation with paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. Cool sculpting, sometimes those fat cells can grow in abundance if they're not all broken up over time. And then you get kind of like this cauliflower, like big fat appearance or these big bulges, which are in kind of like the shape of the hand piece for the cool sculpting that just look very kind of, it distorts the body. It looks very strange. So that's never a great idea, right? We don't want to do things that we're going to then kick ourselves later down the line because now we have issues with it. But liposuction, you know, has always been tried and true. This is why I like surgical procedures. The surgical procedures are going nowhere. They are what they are. We've always had breast implants, breast lifts, reductions, liposuction, tummy tucks, facelifts, rhinoplasties, brow lifts, neck lifts. You know, these are things that have been around. They're tried and true. They're never going anywhere. It really depends on whose hand they're under. And, you know, so people are going a lot smaller now. Liposuction has different modalities. There's laser lipo or vaser lipo, which kind of heats up the fat and melts the fat not good for every single person. You kind of want more bulk on you so you could debulk quickly. And then there's tumescent liposuction, which usually they tumesce the patient with like a lidocaine or fluid, and then they go in and remove the fat. Tumescent liposuction is used most routinely when you're doing a liposuction procedure. And now they have something called Renuvion, which is a helium laser that after they do the liposuction kind of acts like a little wand or shrink wrapping device where you could then tighten up the skin. Because a lot of people, you know, will get liposuction, but then what about the skin? So you're taking out all the fat, but the skin is still there. Right. Different strokes for different folks. It depends on the case. If there's a lot of skin or they're like super heavy and they have a lot of big rolls, just debulking them alone is probably not going to get them where they need to be. So we do a two-stepper where we then debulk with the liposuction, wait for everything to heal and come down and and shrink. And then if there's a lot of excess skin, then we do something like, you know, lifts, arm lifts, 
thigh lifts, tummy tucks, breast lifts, whatever it might be. Is there anything for the arms that you could do without having the crazy I have asked scars? every doctor we in the world. We keep asking every doctor. We that just little, That little chicken thing. Otherwise, Correct. you get that big, long scar no on your arm. likes the chicken wing. I know, I know. And then, you know, a lot of people genetically have that. It's funny. I, My family, I come from a long line of like these like robust Italian women who had like, <laughs> like I call them the leg of lamb arms. And so ever since I was a young girl, I had these like larger upper arms. So I've done liposuction twice on them and now they look good. I did it early enough so that they didn't stretch out and get bad, but they look great now. And some people come to me and they're just like, have the leg of lamb arm. And I'm like, oh, honey, I know. Are there any scars? You have to, you know, the a brachioplasty, you have to make that kind of elbow to, to armpit incision. Now that could be done well, if you especially have a scar protocol where you stay on top of it, that you have your patients see a dermatologist, they get laser treatments, we put silicone tape on it, we have the patient usually take tranexamic, oral tranexamic acid. There's ways of managing scars and there's ways of sewing you know, that make it look imperceptible. And I've seen beautiful incisions where it's like a super hairline, fine white scar that kind of comes up. And unless someone's like standing right next to you or staring at the arm, they'll be able to see it. But there's a lot of bad brachioplasties out there. You know, people are scared of plastic surgery because there's so much bad plastic surgery out there. I always say 5% of the surgeons in our industry are probably really talented and should be doing what they're doing. The rest of them should have gone into a different area of medicine because they just, (laughs) they don't know, you know, they don't have the hand-eye coordination or they just don't have the, the aesthetic sense And that's really, you know, it comes down to doctor selection and understanding the artists that you're working with, because truly, I believe that plastic surgeons are like artists. Do you recommend, because this has also been everyone that I know who wants a breast enhancement, do you do you do you recommend saline or silicone? Silicone, yeah, saline or silicone. Well, it I mean, listen, silicone is definitely more natural. If you lean over, there's no rippling on the side because it kind of takes the form of whatever you put it into. They're both silicone at the end of the day. If people are worried, oh my god, silicone. Oh my, I'm going to do saline because saline's safer. I mean, if a silicone implant ruptures, which many do not, just don't these days, the new highly cohesive implants just don't, they're not prone to rupture unless there's like implant fatigue where it kind of folds over and it's rubbing up against, you know, the shell is rubbing up against and then all of a sudden it bursts. But you don't really see that too much these days. So either way, you're you're getting a silicone implant. Just one is filled with silicone and the other one's filled That's with true. saline. I never mm-hmm. thought about you, it that way. You don't way. think about it yeah. like that way. What are some natural things you recommend to people before trying plastic surgery? Diet, exercise, good sleep, lifestyle is everything, everything truly. And there are people who come to me who just want to skip that part and just want to go straight to plastic surgery. But again, like I tell people, like, I am the most like anti-plastic surgery, plastic surgery consultant. Like I truly <laughs> believe in a healthy lifestyle, first and foremost. And, you know, had you talked to me maybe 15 years ago, I would have been singing a different tune. I didn't care as much. But of course, as you got older, you realize how important these these things, these three very important things, like they play such a huge role in the way that you look and the way that you feel. So I think there's, you know, it's all a part of it. And if you could honestly sit here with me and say like, Melinda, I get eight hours of sleep a night. I exercise like a maniac. My diet is super clean and pristine and I do everything right. And I still just don't feel good. 
usually we'll have you talk to an endocrinologist or a functional medicine doctor to see if there's mm-hmm. anything else going on. Cause I like to really investigate and in like, what's the cause here. We take a look at the genes and the stress levels in one's life. And then it will have you talk to a plastic surgeon, but I need to rule everything out before I just put you in with a plastic surgeon. And I love that you're the co-creator of Nutri Beauty on Daily Dose, an organic meal plan company. It's personalized private meal deliveries. Did this come out of your, you know, speaking with so many clients? So it was 50-50, 50 personal journey, 50% me just giving a, you know, shopping list to my clients for their post-op recovery and saying, buy these things and like fend for yourself type of thing. I, I wanted to simplify it and make it easier for them. But personally, I did gain the COVID-19. And so I said, I got to do something. I've got to get myself on a better meal plan. I went from like being a busy New York businesswoman running around the city all day long to like sitting in the corner doing Zoom calls on my butt all day long. So I definitely gained weight. I was home. I was noshing between clients and me and my staff, we all gained weight. And I said, I really need to start like doing a meal prep. And I found Daily Dose, which is an amazing company through my dear friend, Brian Maza. Brian, it was on the cover of Men's Health Magazine a million times over. He's brilliant. He has built a huge, amazing fitness brand for himself. Brian was eating this food and it looked delicious. And I'm like, but what is this? And it was a meal prep delivery. And I'm like, this is exactly what I need. So I, I ordered it for myself and I've lost 18 pounds in the past two and a half months. What? Just eating. That's amazing. By the way, just eating. Like I just started incorporating training again. I was doing my Peloton here and there, but I'm a very inconsistent worker outer. Like I'm not very, very good with my working out, but just from eating literally whatever they send, I eat. And that's all I eat for the day. It's 1500 calories a day. And one of our in-house nutritionists, Paula Simpson was like, you're looking amazing. You love this meal prep plan. You keep talking about it on your social media. Let's, you know, go to the owner, Trisha Williams, the founder, and see if they'll do a plan for your clients, because I think this would be really beneficial. So for smart. People. I think I know this answer, but I want your opinion on this because there are so many people out there who want plastic surgery. Is it possible to get good, but affordable plastic surgery? Absolutely. And like I spoke about before, you know, we take a look at the budget. We try to find doctors who are all over the spectrum with their prices. Again, when people ask me, how much is a facelift? I'm like, well, it really depends. You know, <laughs> like we have doctors who charge $9,500 to $12,000 for a facelift. And then there's doctors who charge $500,000 for a facelift. So it really depends. Yes, there is affordable plastic surgery out there and safe plastic surgery. Sometimes people have to travel for it, but if they're okay with traveling, you know, we make it happen. I was just about to say, sometimes we're like, oh no, I can't travel, but you're going to save $30,000 mm-hmm. sometimes Correct. or more. Okay, so or maybe more. you spend $5,000 on the trip altogether, right. you know, but again, you're saving $30,000 to $100,000 sometimes. And it really depends on where people are located too. Obviously, California, the highest prices I've ever seen in my entire career, California. Oh, more than New York. Wow. Yeah, way more than, by the way, way more than New York, like quadruple the price in California. Really? And I think they overdo a lot of things out there. Like there's definitely great surgeons out there, but they overdo things. And I don't think these prices are necessary. It has a lot to do with the doctor more than it does about like, them creating some voodoo magic on the patient. It's all done the same, pretty much the same way. 
And then also there's, I've been hearing lately, like some doctors are saying that twilight, not fully going under is something that, you know, because some people are scared to go. I love going under. It's my favorite thing to do in the whole entire world. I get <laughs> such a good sleep. Trending twilight is really scary and crazy. It sounds nuts to me because again, you want first and foremost for the patient to be safe and what's in the patient's best benefit. You know, if they're having a facelift, which is not inducing a lot of bleeding, it's a dry surgery, all via cauterization, fine, twilight, fine. You know, again, you don't want that patient waking up in the middle of their procedure. We're using lidocaine. If you're having a major procedure, like a body lift or thigh lift, or we're really inducing bleeding, there's going to be a lot of cutting. Definitely general anesthesia Mm -hmm. is going to be more beneficial for the patient. You know, you hear these horror stories about people saying like, I felt everything and like, I couldn't speak and I couldn't do anything. And I heard the conversations and you hear these like crazy stories. I've never had one of these science situations, but you hear them sometimes. And now those are people who are under twilight, not general. So you want to make sure when you're doing these procedures, especially if they're going to be more invasive, you want them to be under general anesthesia. And it's like, it's like the doctors who market drainless, you know, tummy tucks or drainless breast lifts. Like why? We need drains. God forbid there's extra fluid. We don't right. want a hematoma or a seroma. So why are you saying that? To appease the patient so that they'll book with you and not the other guy who's going to use the drains? I'm sorry. I have a problem with that. Do that's, you that's have any supplements that you that are your go-to that you either A, give your clients before and after surgery or that you're like, this is what I'm taking. Do you take NAD? Are you part Arnica. of this? I'm not a doctor and I'm not a dietitian, so I cannot recommend supplements for okay. anybody. I really want to make that very clear. I think that it is customized to the person's, you know, bloods, their their panels, to what they need, to what medications they're on. It's really important that everybody gets the right supplements to aid them in healing and recovery. But, you know, prepping the body beforehand, you know, we we work with dietitians, nutritionists, and also functional medicine doctors that make sure our patients' bodies are prepared to undergo that oxidative stress. So it's really important that it's you know, customized per each patient for sure. Me personally, I mean, I work with Dominique Fraud and Reed, who is an amazing- We do too, we do, we do too, we love we her. Too. Are there any non-surgical procedures you recommend people stay away from? Trying to stay away from the fillers. Really, they're not great for you. They're gonna make you look bad. I would say stay away from the threads. Creating striated scar tissue in the face really is not a wonderful thing. You know, it's, it's good for now, but not for good. And it creates issues during a surgery. And I would say stay far away from the all therapies of the world. You know, the high frequency ultrasound, really bad. Welds all those tissues together like cement really makes it difficult for doctors when they're trying to do a facelift on you and really makes for a pretty crappy outcome. Is there one procedure that you're like, this is one of the most underrated procedures? I mean, I love the facelift and I love a good breast lift. I had one myself. It changed my entire life. And you don't have to say any names because you can't say names. We don't talk about names. But is there anything crazy that you're like, this is the craziest fucking conversation I've ever had in my entire life? Oh, God, many. I mean, you know, there have been times where where I've sat in a room with like five different A-list or actors and actresses. I'm like, I can't even believe this is my life right now. Like, how did I get to this point? You know, what is my life? For sure. There's many. We work with so many of these amazing Hollywood actors and actresses that I grew up with who I like idolize. So it's tough not to fangirl, but, you know, you have to, at the end of the day, be a professional and address everything as if they're just another human being too. But yes, definitely lots of crazy conversations where you can then hear like 
stories about a picture you saw that's like iconic and then you hear the backstory about that photo so there's been a lot of really cool experiences over the past three decades that i've been able to have and people who i've been able to meet and royals and politicians and i mean just some of my favorite musicians it's really amazing and i really think too it must there must be some type of fulfillment when a client comes back and says you know thank you you've changed my life like i feel so much better about myself whether it be the smallest procedure or the biggest procedure, there must be, because again, you started with the psychology of it all and, you know, right. loving ourselves and accepting mm -hmm. ourselves. And sometimes all of us don't do that in the same way. And so that's why we have actually no judgment on whatever anyone does. But and we're not, not pushing plastic surgery, nor not. are you. We're saying if you're going to do it, do it safely. Right. Do, you right. know, have someone Choose like you. Right doctors. Know, know who are the right doctors for your case. Again, they don't begin and end on social media. There is a world full of incredibly talented surgeons out there that most of you have never even heard about. And we really try to match you with the right surgeon that's right for your case. But at the end of the day, the motivating factor behind this company is just to help people feel better about themselves. But if they're feeling a little bit insecure about something, we just want to fix that and put it behind you and ne never have to worry. We're going to end with a little bit of rapid fire. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? Read a book. What is your superpower? Superpower is being able to be empathetic for my clients and understand what they need and truly help them. What color is your toothbrush? It's actually a white and rose gold Sonicare toothbrush. Amazing. Go-to cocktail. Go-to cocktail, probably a dirty martini with Chopin vodka. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh gosh. If I, something that I love pizza, but something if I had to, to be healthy, probably like a, a grilled chicken salad. <laughs> What's one supplement you can't live without? My digestive enzymes. Don't have a gallbladder. Need them. Biggest pet peeve? Biggest liars. Gossiping. I hate that. Do you put milk in the bowl first or cereal when you're having cereal? Definitely cereal. People who do it the other way are crazy. If there was one procedure that you think Mary Alice and I need, what would it be? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You guys are beautiful. I'm just joking. One day, no. one day. Melinda Farina, if you could give your 10-year-old a bit of advice, your 10 year old self, what would it be? Follow your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. You could do anything you set your mind to 100%. Just keep going with it and just tune out the naysayers. You're amazing. You are. We're Melinda so Farina. thrilled to have you. I mean, you can follow <laughs> her, you guys, at, at Beauty Broker Official. She has consulted with more than 35,000 men and women. You are the go-to expert. And we so love that your willingness to help people, you know, with whatever they want to do and how they want to do it and putting people together. You are the matchmaker. I mean, you're my kind of matchmaker. It was so nice to meet you both. Nice to meet nice you. To meet Thank you. you. Talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I know. I told, I told you. I told you. I've been wanting to do this for so long. 
Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Amisha Gormley. We are always so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim or my website where we just dive a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and much, much more on mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. A special thanks to my team, Elizabeth Tawfield, Schaefer Carrillo, Ken Ryan, and Anna Sessions and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 